Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rob Foster, your host of Shut Up and Grind. This is episode number 179. And we're going to be talking about you. We're going to be talking about finding your purpose. Because deep down inside of you, you have a great idea. You have something that you've been sitting on for your entire life. You've been afraid to move on it. Or you think maybe that time has passed. And we're going to let you know today that that's all nonsense. And my guest and I, we are going to go through that topic. We're going to share our stories, all to inspire you to take action on yours. So if you are new to the show, if you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. I'm trying to build up the audience over there. If you're joining me on Facebook, please like and share. And if you're joining me on your favorite podcast platform, give your boy a review. You know, help me grow. Help me grow. So the more I can grow, the more people I can help. And if you stumbled upon my channel, you have no clue who I am. Let me introduce myself. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. All right, so that is I. Now, for today's teachable moment, I want to improve your relationship with some terms that over the years have been deemed as negative, like failure, right? There is there, like failure is not an end all be all. So people that have experience, they like I'm an experienced carpenter, I'm an experienced engineer, I'm an experienced chef. Those are all people that have failed so much, they learned how to not make those mistakes anymore. Like that's how you gain experience. That's how you become an expert in a certain field. It has nothing to do with just being educated because there are educated people who are riding in jail right now. Right. So it's about taking your knowledge and applying the knowledge. And now when you when you couple that with passion, that's when you leave an impact on the world. So when you think of failure, it's it's a tool. 
It's a tool that you can learn from. Like when I started this podcast, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I, I just knew I was good at speaking. So I was like, let, let me just start speaking. And I, I tweaked things. I tweaked backgrounds. I tweaked pictures. I tweaked logos. I tweaked how I interview guests. And, and you learn along the way. And now I have a firm grasp on it. And I've been able to, to have my show streamed on, on radio shows. And I have, I'm booking into April. Like I have guests lined up. I'm on a media panel this weekend. Like all these things, all these doors are starting to open because I took the first step. And people say, oh, that's so courageous. And But how do you get courage? You get courage from facing fear. <laughs> so things that you're afraid of, use it, like lean into that fear. Because once you get comfortable doing that thing you're afraid of, you're now unstoppable. All right. That is today's teachable moment. So again, we're going to be talking about finding your true purpose. That's going to be a part of it. I'm sure we're going to cover a wide range of topics. Because if you listen to, to the show enough, you know how we do. You know, I ask those deep questions. So we're going to have a great conversation. So who is my guest? So she is the owner of Art Inspired LLC, which she established in 2000 to serve creatives and dreamers. Hey, I'm one of those that are passionate about growth and purpose and passion. So let's welcome Marilyn Crump to the show. Good morning. Hello, Robert. Nice to be here. Awesome. Glad to have you. Thank you for taking the time to share your knowledge and passion with us. Absolutely. All right. Where are you joining us from? I'm in Yorktown, Virginia, here on the East Coast. Virginia. I love it. Yeah. Nice. I don't think I've ever been out that way. It's got awesome. We got beach really close by. Definitely mm -hmm. have to stop by. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've been to Richmond. I've been to St. Petersburg. And then the entire west side, like the I-81 side. Oh, <laughs> been, wow. That's beautiful. all over there. Yes, yeah. I've been in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Absolutely so, beautiful. Yeah, that's more than likely going to be where I land for retirement. I'm up here in Rhode Island now, and I'm done with this. I'm done with this winter. Soon yeah. As the, soon as the kid, kids are grown, it's like, you guys are going to be visiting me somewhere where it's warmer longer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're in the December now, right around the time of year where I'm like, why do I live here? Like, why? Right. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, too funny. So are, are you originally from there? I'm actually military dependent okay. or military brat. So no. <laughs> <laughs> military brat. But I love, out of all the places we lived, Virginia was very temperament. Like, I love the seasons and everything. So you're right about settling here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, pe people always say, oh, yeah, but li living up north, you get the four seasons. I'm like, four? I said, let me tell you what the four are. Hot, not as hot. Cold, not as cold. <laughs> <laughs> Those are our four seasons. It's like we, we get fall for like 10 days. We get, spring, days. We get spring for 10 days. <laughs> yeah, and the rest is hot or cold. cold. It's either hot or cold. Like, very, very rarely do we get that nice, oh, it's nice out. You know, like in that spring, it's cold, 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 not bad, hot. <laughs> it's like that's the, that's the uh, progression. So anyways, all right, ready to dive in? Yeah, absolutely. Let's yes. get it. So let's start with you describing yourself. Well, I would describe myself as a big thinker that loves to implement through systems. Uh, a lot of times like I've participated and jumped into different things as a creative, like you mentioned. So I'm always like curious about what people are doing, how they're living their life, and then how can I then replicate that and teach that? So that's normally my 
route throughout life is I'll learn something cool and different. And then I want to tell the world and then help them learn it. Okay. I like, <laughs> so what are your personal, what, what are your personal hobbies? Personal hobbies would definitely be, I love to paint and draw. Um, I don't do that professionally, but it comes in handy when you're creating graphic type of things for clients. I, I do a lot of business development and marketing strategies. So all of those artistic sides definitely helpful nowadays being a more visual type of uh, context out there. And you could really win in branding, I believe, when you can be very consistent in some of those aspects. So I'm taking some of my personal loves and moving it into business. And you'll see that about me a lot. Like a lot of things, it's hard to separate what I do personally and what I do professionally. But other hobbies would include like singing. I actually canter at my church. So oh, nice. I lead the music there. And I uh, used to be really into musical theater, but with five kids now, uh, your your other hobbies tend to just revolve around what they want to do. So, <laughs> gotcha. what, right. what what do you have, boys, girls? I have three boys, two girls. So they range in age. The oldest is almost eighteen, and then our youngest are twin boys. Uh, they're Out. six years old. So, uh, and and it actually very special um, situation because they have autism, and being right. identical boys, like their autism is like you know, double for us. <laughs> but um, other than that, everybody's amazing and healthy and can't be more grateful. So, so guess, what, guess how many kids I have? How many kids do you have, Robert? I have five. Ah, oh, amazing. And guess what else I have? Three boys, two girls. Oh. <laughs> and my youngest are twin boys. <laughs> this is so wild. How Who would have awesome thought? is that? Yeah. <laughs> like my, mine are a little old, older, though. So my oldest son's 22. My daughters are 19 and 14. And then the twins are 12 and a half. Ah, okay. Very cool. That's yes. so nice. I'm going to, I'm going to tell my husband, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who, who would have thought like right down to the, to the gender and everything. <laughs> exactly. See, and I love that. I love meeting new people and just, you know, sometimes we forget how similar some of our stories really are out there. Yes. So that's encouraging. Yes. I had a guest on who's, he, he's a single father and the mom's really not in the picture. And with my two oldest kids, that's that's the case, you know. So like with my younger three, um, with their mom we have 50-50, But with the two oldest, I had I had full. You know? Oh, so yeah. so it's like he's he's like wow because you usually don't see that. Usually it's the other way around. You right. Know? You you usually dad takes off, and so you know we were able to bond on a different level just from just from sharing that. So you know you'll be surprised what what you can learn about people just from opening up. Yeah, exactly. My my first two was from my first marriage, and then the three are with me, my husband now. So that's yeah. that's fascinating how that's similar too. Yeah, true. <laughs> See, and so once we get into talking about finding your purpose, we can speak from having a big family. Absolutely. That's, that's what one of the number one excuses you hear, and I hate to call it an excuse, but it kind of is. Now people say, "Oh, well, you know, I have kids now." It's like, so what do you think? You, you're just going to wait wait to die because you have kids? <laughs> you know, it's like you find your way that inspires them to find their way. Yeah. And some people get more fired up the more kids they have because yeah. of, like you said, that purpose now is driven by a bigger why. Yes. Yeah. Like even in the gym world, you know, people will 
come will come to me and say, oh, you, you know, I want to I want to do this, but you know, I have kids. I was like, so what does that mean? It's like show them, <laughs> show them a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, like, get them involved. Yes, it's like why is this in the way? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. don't you want don't you want to raise health, healthy children? Because the younger you start them, the easier it is. You know, it's like absolutely oh, true. And yes. if you're an entrepreneur, there are also tax benefits. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's very true too. Yeah. So, all right. So you said you were you were a military brat. Yeah, we <laughs> um, well originally lived in the Philippines until I was about seven years old. My father had joined the U.S. military. Um, when I was a toddler and I didn't see him until that point. And so I was like, ah, I had to really get to know my dad yet again, but it was neat moving from one country to the U United States and like just a little bit of culture shock, you know, <laughs> differences within the, the, just the way you experience daily life. And of course, having to learn a new language and then yes. we would move from then on. So we weren't really quite settled into the United States. We moved to Germany and all these other places and it was really nice for me growing up to be exposed to so many different types of cultures, different traditions. And I feel like now I get to empathize with so many other people from people who've also been immigrants, people who've um, lived in different countries, people who've grown up military. And so I, I just have like, that's probably where my curiosity has been coming from because it's always been changing in front of my eyes. So yeah. right away from a young age, I've had to make peace with constant change. Okay. So what was some of the, the biggest, the biggest cultural differences that you faced? I think a lot of um, things that I was noticing was just how people um, hang out with family, you know, in the Philippines, everybody's your aunt and uncle. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, you come here to the United States, a lot of people like move away from each other. Uh, but also being in military, you also notice like the military culture in itself. It was when you lived on base, it was like a military versus civilians, you know, and mm. you, you find that people tend to clump around that uh, stuff that makes them similar to one another. Yes. And what's what's fascinating is to live kind of like in between all those different circles. So I've been in the creative circle, but then I live in another space where it's not as creative, right? Like I wouldn't say the military is a place where you can be super creative. <laughs> Whereas, you know, in the art world and things like that, that's, you know, it's probably not as disciplined or rigid, right? Yes. So there's all these things that I see and the commonalities that maybe they don't see in themselves with the other people from the other circles as well. Okay. Well, what was it like living in Germany? I love Germany. I love the food there. Uh, we definitely had like two experiences there in itself. We began with living off base, which was my favorite part. And then we lived yeah. on base. Okay. The, the magic of living off base was, you know, everybody around you spoke a different language. And uh, I remember that they people would take their dogs different places, even the malls. Like that was neat <laughs> to see. And then um, people really catered to that. So they would give... Like if you went to the ice cream store, brought your dog, they would give your dog an ice cream cone and water. <laughs> and then, you know, you you get on base and it feels more secluded, right? Like you're, you're kind of in America again when you live on base. So yes. you're not constantly exposed to like the food or the sites when you live off base. How, how are the in interactions with the locals? 
very friendly. I mean, we lived with a host family and we called them our Oma Opa, which is, you know, grandma, grandpa in, in German. And they had a beautiful garden. They had like plum trees and they would just pick stuff off. They were growing strawberries and it was just like here and like feeding it to us. And when you're, I was in third grade, like that was like, where are we at? Like, this is amazing. Like fresh fruit from the tree and all this wonderful stuff. And then going to base where that, that didn't exist. I was like, oh, I missed that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was curious because I had a guest on a couple months ago. She was born in Africa. And then her family moved to Germany. Then from Germany, they moved to the U.S. So just curious if what how similar your story was was to hers. And she she shared pretty much pretty much the same thing, you know, about uh, about Germany. So that's that's good. And everyone that I've known that has been there has raved about it. So. Yeah, I, I I just remember everything felt really fresh and clean. I mean, that was lo- a long time ago. That was back in the 80s. So I don't know yeah. recently how that may be different, but mm. I, I definitely had a great experience. Okay, so with you being a, being a dreamer and someone who's constantly curious, so did you welcome the changes each time you all moved? I didn't know any different after that point. So, but I, I remember like... You know, it wasn't as easy to stay in touch with people. Like you would be pen pal for like two weeks and then people would drop off. And so it's fascinating now with Facebook. Sometimes you discover people that you met that that long ago. But I think what I'm an introvert, I guess, originally. (laughs) And you learn how to like, you know, maneuver around with that. But I was the kind of person that I could sit in the corner and read an encyclopedia. You know, like give me a book and then I'll just sit there and read it. So that was my comfort and it really didn't phase me too much when we would move, et cetera. Um, I was just, you know, loving the fact that we've got to be with my dad, you know, cause after seven years of not, that was really a nice adventure and getting to spend time with family like that. So um, it, it was good. I mean, and it definitely like I pull from those experiences now to this day, just yes. how I deal with change now. Okay. And um, do you have siblings? I do have one younger sister. Okay, very nice. And how's your relationship with her? I would say that we are definitely on the opposite ends of the spectrum. We're cordial, but we're not super close. And I think when you're two years apart, (laughs) that tends to happen too. When you're too close in age, like you kind of grow up with like, you know, that little bit of like, uh, just, I don't know whether you would call it a competitive spirit or something else, but, mm. uh, but we were just kind of like, she's more of the like hyperactive side and I'm just more of the quiet side, but mm. you know, there's not anything too, uh, deep rooted as far as one way or the other. It, we're, we're sisters and I, you know, definitely respect each other. <laughs> Love that with, with the uh, competitive edge. Like I took my kids bowling on so Sunday and it's like we're just such a competitive family (laughs) it's like we get out there and it it starts with me you know i'll be the first one to to admit it i'm the one that jump starts it i'm like you guys don't want none and like like we're on the lanes and everyone's just just all over each other i mean to us it's fun but other people probably look at us like what the hell is their problem I love I love dynamics, right? Like I, yes. I see the different ones and it's I, I think it's very interesting when um you can like cherish each other's uniqueness, right? Because before it was just like, oh, why does she have to be so different? But now it's like, oh, 
I'm so glad she's different because that's yes. her, her, and I'm me. <laughs> so true. So true. All right. So what did you see yourself doing for a career as a young girl? I was definitely a mom and dad pleaser for a long time. So anything that they said, hey, you should do that, I would really try to strive for that. And one of the expectations was I would go to college and become like a lawyer or doctor. You remember back in those days, that's the either one or two things <laughs> your parents <laughs> would allow you to be. Yeah. But then um, I was always involved in creative stuff. I loved like exploring uh, theater and everything and not so much being on the stage. Again, I'm just always trying to figure things out. Like how do people yeah. memorize stuff like that? How do people move on like when they're trying to dance? So I was always collecting ideas and thoughts. And so by the time I got to college and felt the rigidity of like a science major and my attention span was just not into it. And I, I went on there, had a academic scholarship, um, you know, like it was set up so that I would complete my parents' dream. Then once I got to college and had a little bit more of that independence and, you know, it was also kind of like finding out who I was and being very clear, getting clearer about that. I just noticed that I did gravitate to more towards the, the creative side of things. And so without telling anybody, <laughs> I changed my major. Yeah. Um, and I actually did it the, the um, second half of my junior year, which is not an easy thing to do. But what happened was in at my college, Sweetbriar College, which is based in Virginia, I was allowed to create a major. So I self-designed my major in interdisciplinary arts, which included music, theater, dance, and psychology, because I had, was going the, the science route for a minute. Yeah. And um, when I crossed the stage and um, they announced my diploma and it didn't say science, <laughs> and I didn't tell anybody, I'm walking over interdisciplinary arts, you know? By the way. Bachelor of Arts, my, my dad didn't talk to me for like hours after graduation because mm -hmm. then he finally, the first thing he said to me was, well, I guess it's done. Yeah, because he wouldn't have accepted it. You know, they're the kind of Filipino parents that would give like a long lecture about things. I, and I, you know, I had some different struggles academically that I shouldn't have had. And thank goodness for good counselors and advisors. They were just like, doesn't seem like you're into what you're trying to do. And I'm like, I'm really not. And so yeah. having having an honest moment really then kind of set a different motion in place to say, I can live my life the way I want. And then ever since then, I actually founded my business, Art Inspired, in college right in that senior year. Uh, and I've been working it ever since. Now it's 21 years plus, coming up on 22 years. And I uh, decided I don't want a boss. <laughs> like when I graduated, I don't want a boss. Yeah, right. I just want to be my, me, myself, and I. I'll freelance different things. And I've stuck to that. And it really took that, that moment in college saying, if I keep going this route, I'll be living somebody else's dreams. Yes. And somebody else's purpose and not mine. And now that if I make this decision, I'm going to have to own up to it. And then it, but at least it's my life. Absolutely. So, so for the pe people that watch the show, I know I've, I've been saying this a lot, but I'm going to say it again. All right. So this here is a clip out of my, I, I'm writing a book and this is one of the quotes out of the book. And 
like mm. what you what you just said perfectly illustrates this. You know, it's like you know you weren't born to simply exist and then die. Each one of us were born with a unique skill set, with a unique perspective on life, and without and I should add negative, without negative interference from others, we would naturally become who we were meant to be. Right, or even positive. Maybe you don't add the word because sometimes people want to encourage you so much they go off the deep end with that too. Yeah, that's and true. And they don't allow you to change your mind later. <laughs> Yes. Because if yeah. you're like, yeah, I did like that for a minute, you know, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, but you were so good at it. And they want to keep encouraging you towards that one direction. And you say, you know what? I've changed my direction. And so I think you're fine leaving out the word yes. negative or positive. Okay. Thank you. And you no, know, you, you like you also said too, oh, but you're good at it. Because that's one thing I hear a lot. It's like, you know, I'm good at it. I'm making money. Like, but are you happy? Yeah. And then people say, well, I'm content. Like, no, content's not happy. <laughs> and I'm like, the question is, are you happy? Right. You know? And it's like, if you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, you know, again, you're not doing any anyone any favors. You know, mm -hmm. it's like you're not inspiring your children. You're not inspiring the next generation if you're just coasting through life unfulfilled. Just because you're, you're making money doesn't equal success if you're dying inside. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I agree with that. And one of my favorite words, Robert, and I'm not sure if you've heard of this word is ikigai. Uh, no. It is a Japanese concept of helping you find your purpose. And you ask yourself very, uh, very simple questions, four simple questions. What do you love? Yeah. What are you good at? What does the world need? And what can you get paid for? Yes. Love and it. If, and if you at answer that on a regular basis it helps keep steering you where you need to be and you mentioned maybe you're good at something but let's say you're answering those questions and the one thing that you don't have quite the answer for is um what are you good at well i like having that piece not being like the strongest piece sometimes because you can always learn you can always yeah. get better like you said failure at times is the best teacher Yep. And so maybe you love it enough and you know, the world needs it and you know, you can get paid for it. It's just a matter of you now answering the last question with intention by getting better at it. Yeah. And so when I started my gym, well, I, I shouldn't even say when I started my gym, cause I kind of stumbled in, into this fitness thing. So like I tell people I'm a hobbypreneur, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, cause I was a restaurant manager I was in that unfulfilled state, you know, having five young kids. I was missing a lot of stuff. And I was just in that that point where it's like, okay, I all right, I write my own schedule, you know, but I still have to work so many hours per week. Mm -hmm. If someone doesn't show up or if an assistant manager gets sick or you know, if a short staffed in the kitchen, it's like I was constantly getting pulled in. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like that's where, where I had to start weighing the odds. And I initially started the gym in my garage, but it was just for me. Like I needed an outlet because I was bringing the frustration home. And as you know, with five little kids, that's not easy. <laughs> you know, so it's not easy at all. We got hearing daddy, 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 you know, 5,000 times the second you walk in the door. It's like, you love the moment, but it's not easy. And so the outlet was for me just so I could clear, clear my head. And then I invited a friend and then, Hey, can I bring my other friend? Hey, can I, can I bring my other? Hey, we can pay you for this. And, and Whoa, what's happening here? Next thing you know, I got 40, 40 people paying me. I mean, I'm selling supplements out of my trunk like a drug dealer. <laughs> and, huh? I was, <laughs> and I was like, hold on here. Hold on. I'm doing this 12 hours a month. I'm doing this 240 hours a month. And I'm making almost the same money. 
<laughs> you know, I was like, and this I like doing. This is sucking the life out of me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so it's like, you know what? Let's just do it. And sometimes that purpose is revealed to you along your journey because you're just doing something you love. Yep. Absolutely. And and sometimes too, it, it's not about just jumping on what's what's popular. Because at one point, you know, uh, these kickboxing gyms were popping up all over the place. So. You know, like my kids were taking karate, so I was there anyway. So I was like, you know what? Let me let me take kickboxing. Let, let me see if I can learn this and then teach it. Because like I watched these these people introduce it, and I just watched it grow. So I was like, hmm, like I I can do that. And so I did it, and I grew it. But I was like, I don't like to teach boxing. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't like it at all. And everyone's like, yeah, but but you're so good at it, and that doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> it's like just because I can throw it down. It's like, I don't get excited about teaching this class. Like, and that's not fair to you guys. So when I changed locations, I sold all my heavy bags because I was like, I'm not going to teach it anymore. And, you know, and, and I lost some, some clients for it, but then I, I leaned into the things that I really enjoy teaching. And then we were able to recover that way. Cause it's like, cause again, you know, to, to what you were saying, like, just cause you're good at it doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to be doing. That's right. That's right. And and I think you're allowed to reinvent yourself. That's why I tell people uh, if they haven't heard it from anyone else, I'll say it. You're allowed to reinvent yourself. Yes. Yeah. And one of the biggest things people are afraid of, like, like, oh, I don't want people to think I've changed. I'm like, why? <laughs> it's like, do you do you have the exact same mentality from when you were 20 as you do now? Because <laughs> you know, I know I don't. Just from the last four years of being, being single, my mindset and everything has completely changed. You know, because oh God, I was with someone for 23 years. And so it's like stepping back and taking time for me, figuring out who I am. It's like, even just from 2017 to now, I'm a completely different person. And so All there's the nothing time, wrong yeah. with that. <laughs> That's why I like having that regular check-in and asking that Ikigai stuff again from time to time. Maybe for some people, it's going to be once a quarter. It could even be week to week, right? And how you live that week based mm -hmm. on like what's in front of you as an opportunity. Because sometimes people go, oh, I love that. But then when it shows up as an opportunity, they go, oh, it's not it's not the right time. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, so what? What, what other time do you have? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> because it just dropped in your lap. Yeah. And I tell people too, like, I'm the kind of person that if I'm offering something right now, you better take advantage of it because since I move quickly and I'm always like looking out for the next innovative thing, I might not offer it next year because I'll get pe yeah. people calling me about a program that I did maybe two years ago. Oh, do you still offer that? And I go, no, I'm sorry, but I can tell you who does, <laughs> but I'm not because I'm onto this next new thing. And so that's been very freeing for me and, yeah, yeah. but it's confusing for some. So I can hear the opposite of that because people will say, well, you know, what is it? The one thing that you do, like I've been in different circles and they'll tell me they're, they don't quite get it. And the reason why they don't quite get it is because they don't quite get me. Cause I'll tell them, look, if you really take the time to get to know me, then you'll understand what I do. And so sometimes, you know, you have to be very firm in that to say that, look, I'm not, I might not be your idea of a pretty wrapped in a bow package. And, and you can be very comfortable. Some people are. Some people are like, I'll never deviate from something. And that's what they do. And I commend them for that because that's their spirit. Yes. For me, I'm, um, I'm a curious person. And I'm always going to be giving in where I can to keep moving people forward in innovation. And so you'll, you'll 
be hard pressed to kind of give me one label. And I'm cool. I'm totally cool with that. Before I used to be upset because I would say, oh, they don't understand me. And maybe I should conform, you know, all these things that you think about yes. trying to people please. But then after a minute, I was like, well, for what purpose? To make them feel more comfortable about me? Or is it for me to be comfortable in my own skin and who I look at in the mirror every day? Exactly. So you got to be you and then the right people will gravitate towards you. Because like yeah. with, with my style, it's very, it's very abrasive. You know, I'll be honest, it's very, it's very abrasive. But but like that's the standard that I hold myself to. Like mm -hmm. it, it doesn't matter if it's training, doesn't matter if I'm on stage speaking, doesn't matter if I'm coaching, you know, kids, athletes. Like it just do doesn't matter. Like that's I put my all into everything. And so yeah. when, pe when people do my programs, I let them know up front, whether they're joining the gym, whether they're doing my coaching programs. I was like, if you show up, I expect your best. I don't want to hear, oh, I got the booster shot. Well, like, if you can't move, then stay home. Because <laughs> like, if you walk in the door, I expect your best. Like, If I'm going to sit and give you an hour of my time and I'm going to help you craft a story, you better practice the damn story. Because <laughs> when we yes. meet but for the next one, you better not be in the same place where we left off after the last one. Yeah. And, and even the name, shut up and grind. You know, on the back <laughs> on the back of my fitness tank, it says some wish for it, we work for it. Like my entire brand is about no excuses. I you love know? that. And so and so people know that like there's no questions when people come to me of what they're gonna get. That's <laughs> you know? it. That's it. Because what doesn't change about you or me is our value system. Yes. It doesn't matter what activity we're trying to get you to do, but the value system is going to remain the same. You're all about results, same as me. The value system for me is always like compassionate, like mentorship, and then making sure that no person is left behind. Like that's yes. always going to be key for anything that I do. And then also like I love, like my love language is giving people time. Like I will give time, 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 time. Like so it doesn't matter. I could be like, you know, teaching people juggling next week, <laughs> but you're going to see me give people time, be very understanding to their questions. Like the value system is going to remain the same. So I love that you mentioned that. So if anyone listening, watching, think about what are your values that you can carry forward, regardless of how many times you reinvent the purpose, but your value system should remain you and you 100%. Yes, agreed. So we'll take a we'll take a Spartan race as an example. Okay. So when you when you, when you do this this obstacle race, if you fail any of the obstacles, the penalty is thirty burpees. So I don't know if you know what burpees are, but they suck. Oh. Right? And so and <laughs> doing thirty of them, it, it's it's awful. And so I go through these races with my clients, and some of them, you know, if they fail the obstacle, they don't do the thirty burpees, and it's like you know. It's like we're in the open wave, you know, we're not in the competitive wave, so you can kind of get away with that. But are you okay with that? And I was like, because I'm not. Like, if I fail something, as god-awful as burpees are, I will do the 30 because that's the standard I hold my hold myself to, you know. And so not not everyone, not everyone has a defined value system. That's right. that's, the, that's the thing. And even there are people that I work with who have been speaking for years they've been entrepreneurs for years and then kind of how i told you backstage about how would you describe yourself and so many people can't do it i'm like mm -hmm. how do you how do you not know who you are <laughs> you know and like going back to my intro video where it says clarity of vision 
It's one, that's one of the number one things I help people out. What do you want? I think you can't have too many conversations in your head for one. Like if you're trying to describe who you are and you're hearing like how your mom describes you, how your spouse describes you, how your kids describe you, your coworkers Mm. describe you, you're not going to know because you're trying to judge before it leaves your mouth. And so what I try to do in my own head is that my conversation is very tight in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's me talking to my my spiritual guide, my God. Right. So it's me and that. That's it. Everybody else, you could talk to me out here, but you're not allowed in my head. Exactly. Does that make sense? I mean, because a lot of times I feel like when people are saying something, I'm like, is that really you saying that? Mm -hmm. Or is that something somebody else said about you and now you're expressing it back to me? Yes. Uh, Or it's trying to say something that you think they want to hear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was speaking with uh, with uh, the assistant vice principal of a career and technical school here in Rhode Island about, about speaking to the students. And she's like, well, what, what do you want, want to speak on? You know, and I'm giving my topics and I threw in and, and I want to let them know how they can take their, their skills and make money with their cell phone. And she's like, oh, um, yeah, we don't want to talk to them about that. She's like, you know, the goal of this school is to get them into further education or into the workforce. I said, which is cool, but they should at least know that they can make money with their phone. It's like, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, it's like, you know how many people shop on Amazon? And probably 2% of them know that you can make money with Amazon. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And now you can yeah. uh, do Amazon live reviews. Yeah. And if you go shopping on Amazon now, you'll see those videos. People just kind of saying, I bought this toaster and it's the best toaster. Let me show you how yeah. it works. Mm-hmm. And they're getting paid for that. Exactly. Exactly. So I ended up turning down that speaking gig because mm-hmm. I was like, no, like I'm not going to tell these kids part of the story. It's like there's nothing wrong with letting them know there's another option. It's like you just gave two options. They can go to further education or they could join the workforce. So why can't we give a third option and let them know if you don't want a boss, <laughs> there's this route where you can take your skills because you know, it's, it's a trade school. So it's like they're learning a skill. It's like you can take that skill and start a YouTube channel. You can start a blog. You can you can start an e-commerce store. You know, like there's there's other things you can do. Like not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur, but not everyone is meant for nine to five either. And yes. so, I, so I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to shrink down my speech to suit your values. Yeah. You know, so I, I like how you said that, mind. that you're not going to shrink yourself down to be in whatever situation, because I find that, you know, and, and this isn't, didn't used to be my story as far as like being this self-assured. And it definitely took a lot of personal development. As, as yes. you know, yep. you're, it's constant work to yeah. be self-developed. <laughs> you don't are like, Oh, I'm already self-developed. There's no more work. There's always constant work happening and there's always uh, a tuning and adjusting because of who you're trying to definitely you know, be in collaboration with, et cetera. But what I find nowadays is that sometimes people are taken aback with people who know who they are, you know, from time to time, like I'll go into different situations and I'll make an investment and try to work with different people to maybe, you know, show me something I don't know. But sometimes it's like, you feel like you just hired a boss, you know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, are you trying to boss me around because I paid for... (laughs) 
<laughs> something or are you really trying to help me where I need to be helped? And I think that's there's a fine line because there's a lot of things that being called coaching out there, being called mentorship out there. There's there's all these different things and people are doing wonderful stuff with it. But sometimes when you know, you come as a more whole person to different situations. I think people are taken aback. Like they don't know what to do with you from time to time. So I, I just want, I know that you're inspiring people to like really be resolute about who they are and how great they're going to be and how powerful they can be yeah. just from time to time. Like be aware that some people aren't going to be comfortable with you showing up hundred percent because they, they're, they're, you know, they're comfortable in their space. And, you know, I just let things happen and I just let things flow. So one thing you can't do is be upset or or find fault in the other person. I think yeah. people have to, like, get warmed up to certain ideas. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And I, I agree with uh, with with being heart centered, you yes. know, de definitely being heart centered, because like you were saying, there's a, a bunch of things out there, you know, that's calling themselves coaching. And it's like, it's just a money grab, mm. you know, it's like, I, I bought, I bought some programs where I was like, really, this, this is it. <laughs> you know, it's like in your ad, your ad versus the actual product are not in alignment <laughs> at all. And it's harmful to any, to those industries, right? It's harmful yeah. when people are kind of doing, like you said, that money grab thing and there's not true substance underneath. And yes. it really devalues people who are really trying to do a good job with what they have because mm -hmm. they all get lumped into the same category. So after a minute, like people would call me like this was before, you know, the whole term business coach was really hot. Yes. They would say, oh, she's my coach, business coach. And I'm like, oh, OK, I never thought of it like that, because I would definitely make like business plans. I love like like mentioned before, strategies that's very milestone driven. I love deadlines and processes that go with deadlines. And so I never considered it like as a coaching because there's actual tidbits that I have to see. Like I am a yes. visual person. And if it's just rah, 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 you're doing great. That's not my method. But because yeah. I do infuse the heart people see that as the biggest benefit, which is fantastic. But I've really had to get away from being called that in itself. Mm -hmm. So I tell my clients, it's like, I'm not going to change how you uh, perceive me, but if you mm -hmm. want to give them my official title, it's business developer and marketing strategist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just because there's a lot of people coining the term coach and they're really not really coaching, you know, uh, from what I notice. Yes. Even even in sports, like my daughter played basketball. This is going back a few years. And the coach of her team, A, I don't know how he got the job, number, number no. one. Like it was <laughs> like he was de definitely not looking out for the best interest of the girls. When they were winning games, he was on cloud nine. When they were losing games, he was a completely different person. And there was this one, one game, they were losing. They were down by like thir 13 or so at halftime. He walks out of the gym. <gasps> right, he walks out of the gym. Like I don't know where he went, but he walks out. Like halftime is where you rally the troops. So now I am also a sports coach. So I I go down there and I was like, all right, girls, listen, you're only down 13 points. You you guys can get back. And just gave them this big rah rah speech, and you know, and gave them 
actual things that they can work on. Like you, your passes are too low. Like you're shooting too far away from the basket. You got to box out on the rebounds and just gave them things to do. And then it's like they still end, ended up losing, but they closed the gap. Like I think they got within two, I want to say. Oh, that's good. And then the principal actually came over to me and he's like, hey, you you, you want a job? I was like, I, <laughs> I, I, like, I can't commit full time. Like, if, trust me, if I could, I'd be coaching somewhere now because I love coaching sports. Absolutely love it. I'd say yeah. that's probably a very close second to speaking. Well, it's, you're probably like me. You sports. can't sit back on different situations and let just people flounder. Like no. I've, mm-hmm. I've never been that kind of person. If I see somebody like, you know, like shaking in a corner, I'm going to be like, what's up? How can I help you? What's yes. going on? You know? <laughs> yes. So, so true. Like, like I'm big into track and field mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me, when my, when my daughter was still in high school, I was helping out with, with her track team. And, but like, I go to track meets and the events I did, you know, high jump, long jump, jump they're very technical events and mm-hmm. not everyone can teach them like a lot of coaches are runners you know runners and throwers and they've never done a, the high jump a day in their life and i'm just watching these, these athletes and it's like i realize i'm kind of aligned with you guys but i i have to go help them it's like i have to you know it said this isn't about just our school like this is about these kids development you know just think about it. if you can jump high over a bar better than anyone else you can go to college for free yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just for jumping over a bar or jumping far into the sand. Like I've I've coached several people that have gotten that have gotten scholarships to a college, you know. So it's like by me not helping these people, like I could I'm doing them harm. <laughs> yes. I'm doing their family harm by not showing them the proper techniques. But right. And if someone gets hurt in that sport because of something that somebody else could have stopped then that rubs the whole sport, you know, and becomes like a big controversy, right? Like think about yes. it, people doing the wrong technique all the time and running mm. and people are going to stop running. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So obviously some people had to figure out better shoes for people and better uh, materials. And it takes that whole collaboration and exchange. I love things like open source. I love stuff where people yes. are like here, we're, we're not all about our labels you know, you don't have to always credit us for this, whatever. Like, I love that. I love when people can like be beyond like trying to like maintain their like grip on a thing. Kind of like when I was talking earlier about mixing in different circles, yes. like the best thing that you can do in art is mix colors, right? Like mm-hmm. in art, you discover more techniques when you, when you mix all the medias together. And in the real world, like, I just hope that I'm showcasing that same type of like participation or that same perspective and anywhere I go I try to say hey what about if we do this or that you know and the places where I'll stay the longest normally are those where I can give that kind of energy and I and I accept that some places aren't about that and I'm always okay to like move forward you know move on from that see and that's why you're an entrepreneur you know, so you get to decide what you do. Yes. You know, absolutely. you get this. And the biggest thing is is we get to we get to decide our value. It's like one of the most life-changing things that I went to was in 2012. I went to a, a marketing seminar in Chicago, and the guy comes out, there's five thousand of us in, in the arena, and he's like, What what's your what's your hourly rate? You know, like you can hear a pin drop in that place. He's like, What's one hour of your time worth? And we're all just like 
he's like, he's like, I'm gonna tell you mine. He's, he's like, if somebody wants to talk to me for one hour, minimum is five thousand dollars. You know, and again, you just hear a pin drop dropping that play because we were all aspiring entrepreneurs at that point. You know, so there really wasn't any any heavy hitters in the audience. And but like there, there were people crying, like my eyes got got filled up, and it's like, wow, it's like he he just decided what he was worth. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, I spent the last 20 years getting told what I was worth. Mm. You know, yeah. like when, when you have that, that shift, it's like, hmm. Absolutely. Yep. It does. It changes even the way you breathe, the way you stand, the what you do next. Yeah. And having those moments where you can see it's possible. I think that's impactful there too. So make sure you're not always listening to the same people. Yes. Maybe get out there, listen to different things. I like the fact that you were talking about going to different conferences and events because you just never know what you hear from that situation. Like everywhere I've gone in my life, I've learned something. Yes. But one thing is, should you always keep going back to that same source? Maybe, maybe not. Like feel free to move around and learn from other things. But one thing you have to do in learning, and I know you know this, you have to put it together. <laughs> You got to weed through what you collected, like like Halloween candy. <laughs> Certain things are not going to agree with your stomach. Other things you're like, I don't even know what that is. I'm not going to eat that. So you you consume what you feel is appropriate. And then, you know, make sure that you have a definitely like definitely laid out runway for that. And one, one, one thing before we um, get close to the end here. I have this system that I've been using. It's called Dream. And so my hashtag is like expert dream catcher. But mainly that's just to help people remember that I have this system. And the system is an acronym for the word dream. So you think of a direction, pick one direction for the moment. You can have multiple dreams happening, but stack them in a way where they're staggered. But yeah. you pick a direction. Then you have to relinquish R relinquish. Relinquish means you're going to have to do the work to get rid of any past things that's not going to serve you for that new direction. Maybe you might have to relinquish a bit of money because you have to invest in yourself to learn a new craft or something. Um, there's something going on there and that, that cannot be missed. Okay. E is efficiency. So you have to think of your plan, organize it first before you take A action. Because if you do that, if you do those things prior to, the action will not seem as hard. It'll be very inspiring. You'll feel like you could do it all day long. You get in that flow much better. And then once you've achieved that, you've gotten momentum. And with anything that's momentum, you can do it over and over again. You can teach others, right? Some people start teaching other people when they haven't reached their own momentum as well. So I'm like, ah, make sure you get your momentum accomplished, then you can go and teach other people. I picture it like a wave. And when you think of a wave, there's a point where the wave has to kind of crash, right? In order to become another wave. And I call that part um, retrograde. So that's the moment where the momentum is like lost and you feel like you're going backwards and you have to really rethink things. That's just like pulling an arrow back. That's going to be the power that you can use to move you into the new dream. So it's going to come in waves. And you notice that with entrepreneurs, other people who are very goal oriented, they're going to hit that wall and they know, oh, I'm meant to hit that wall because I don't like plateaus. Think about working out. If you do the same workout all the time, you, your body's yeah. going to go, oh, I already know that. 
plateaued and you have to mix it up and change something else. So when in that regard, I just find it very helpful throughout life using that system. You can use it over and over again. People, uh, I don't care what it is you're doing, whether you're trying to make a peanut butter jelly sandwich, you can use that system. So (laughs) (laughs) I love it. See, and I like when people say that, you know, this isn't the the way, the way I saw it. And it's like, it's not going to be, (laughs) it's like most, most plans that, that are laid out. Once you start executing said plan, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be road roadblocks in the way, but you got to keep moving. You know, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like people hit that roadblock. Oh, I guess it's not meant, meant to be then. This must be a universe, the universe speaking to me. Oh, God doesn't want me to do this. It's like, no, it's just saying find a different direction. It's like, that's yeah. not the right. It's like the goal is still here. You know, oh, you're, yeah. you're just not going to go that way. Right. You're going to have to take a right. You have to take a left, <laughs> you know, go straight Oh, you turn, <laughs> you know, like the, that's, that's the stuff it. that happens is you have to adapt. Like adaptability is everything. Yeah. And I love, uh, I'll tell people all the time journal because you see it, like you see it in hindsight for sure. But what's been aw- like awesome proof for me is everything I've set out to do, I've accomplished may not have been at my time like my particular, like mm, impatient timing, but, <laughs> but it actually came true because what I found is that when you stick with something and you have that persistence, but you, like you said, be um, aware enough that it's not always going to be the pathway that you laid out. Maybe there's a better pathway that you were meant to also experience this, meet this person, do that first. And then it all yeah. benefits to the good at that other point. And there's never an end point. Yeah. Right. There's still another part of the journey to go. And that's been exciting. And then it makes you more humble in the experience, but also you're less trying to make like fake happiness happen Mm -hmm. because you're enjoying the ride. That takes more work. (laughs) People don't understand. Like it it takes so much more work to to be a shell of yourself than it does to just be you. It's exhausting. Like I'm, I'm a high energy person. I'm a confident person. I'm a competitive person, right? And and so like being in those those relationships for all those years with someone who's not as loud as me, who's not as competitive as me, and who's not as confident as I am, you know, it was it's very very taxing to not just have my natural reactions to things. Very, yeah. very, very very taxing, which in turn it affected our communication because I communicate a certain way. But my certain way wasn't well received. <laughs> my yeah, yeah. You know, I'm all for the whole compromise thing, but like people are wired how they're wired. You yeah, know? it's an it's energetic. Understand that. Absolutely, it's an energetic commitment. You know, yes. you you can't have like somebody over here and over there. Kind of like like what I said about my sister and I. We're on different ends of the spectrum, so you're not yes. probably going to see us in a lot of situations where we're moving together you know, in that regard, I feel like me and my husband now were our bestest friends because we have an even keeled energy and value systems that are really aligned. I've also seen people who are opposite ends of the spectrum, but because the value system was just so high, then it worked out really well. So it doesn't have to be that you're completely matched in, uh, in the energy way, but I feel like if the intention is real, if the connection is made to let the other person express and not try to change the other person's energy. Like that's where it gets like a little bit like, 
you know, statically yes. when you're trying to change the other person. Exactly. Um, deep appreciation comes from like understanding yourself first and foremost, mm -hmm. why you react to people like that. Yeah. And then being able to cherish people's differences and say, hey, I kind of enjoy the fact that they're not like me. And that's so wonderful. So what's the best thing about what, what you do? I think the best thing would be growth that I definitely love seeing other people like you, that there's no end to a story. We're always in each other's journeys, the right people I'm meant to stick with for a lifetime and other people will come in and out of that flow. And that's great. And overall, what I, I just want to leave a legacy for my kids and especially having twins with autism, I want to make sure that they're going to be well taken care of uh, for a long time. Love it. And that is a solid purpose. Yes. <laughs> solid. It's like one of the one of the best things I love about what I do, and again, and it, it doesn't matter which front it's on, whether it's wi watching an athlete, you know, watching someone someone share a story I, I help them create, or just watching people in the gym. It's like it's because it's bigger than what people think it is. You know, yeah. when when people come to me, it's like, yeah, initially they want to lose weight, they want to add muscle, but when it comes down to it. They want to believe in themselves. Hmm. You know, that's what it boils down to. It's like they want to believe in themselves. So when I had to change locations, I had posted in our, our private Facebook group, you know, list your favorite memory from the last three years at this this location. And nobody, no, nobody mentioned anything about weight loss. Nobody mentioned anything about lifting weights or, or getting muscle. Every one of the number one things were, well, I, I greet everyone with a hug when they come in. So like my hugs was the number one thing and that I helped them believe in themselves, you, you know? So it's like, it's like, once you realize that what you do is bigger than you think it is, that's when you know that you're really into your true passion. Cause like as a restaurant manager, yeah, I was good at it. I, I was good at motivating the staff and, you know, we passed all of our inspections, you know, we, we scored well on all of our, all of our, uh, customer reviews and all that stuff but but it's like I'm, I'm i'm not meant to do this like and i'm not belittling the job i'm just saying i'm meant to do more yeah something else was calling for you to be there in that yes. space yes it's like it's like this isn't this isn't it like like i said earlier in my in my opening spiel about being unfulfilled you know, and then just just missing the things with the kids, and you know, not being there to to say to say say goodnight because you know I was supposed to be home at six, but then the fryer broke, and I had to stay and wait for people to come and fix it, and so like I didn't get to to help tuck them in at night, and I was like, you know, what? like I don't I don't want to do this, like I just don't, right? And and so I didn't. <laughs> it was like it's like people always want the big drawn out story of what happened. I didn't want to do it, so I didn't. <laughs> yeah, and I love that. And I like how you said that there were more things for you to accomplish in this life. I think uh, I love reading the Bible. I love reading a lot of different books and everything. But I, I definitely pay attention to that portion where about talents. And the if you spend all five of your talents, the more will be given to you. And I didn't understand that before. I, I remembered, oh my gosh, that's cruel. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> how can the Bible say that if you, you know, bury your talents that it'll be taken away from you? And then like, I didn't understand it because I was in a different frame of mind. But now that when you work on yourself and you realize, oh, so when you do give your all, when you spend all five talents, 
I get why more is given to you because then you're more open to receiving and you've worked, built those muscles and kind of like the person with one foot in one foot out, like one talent buried and spending the one other talent. It's not a full life, right? Like you were saying, like being, you're helping people in that industry, in the restaurant industry, but you weren't fully helping with all of your gifts. And for people to realize that, like, um, and I was, and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. So I've grown in so many ways. I can read so many things and get so many takeaways and understand things better now. So I just love this journey that I'm on. And I hope to meet more people like you, Robert, that's on the same journey. Thank you. Yeah. And, and so like one last takeaway that, well, I mean, you're going to get the final word, but okay. <laughs> one last takeaway that I want people to get from this is that whatever it is that you want to accomplish, it's already in your brain. Yes. You know, it, it's already right there. I was, I was working with a, with a man and like, I didn't teach him anything new. <laughs> I just, I took his own stories and we plucked out some teachable moments from his own stories and he went, cre- uh, wrote a speech from it and then he created a program <laughs> all from stuff that's already in his head. I love, I love that. I love, love, love that. I think you and I are definitely aligned there. And I tell people like, it's not me coming up with a business plan for you or helping you develop this passion. I'm just listening (laughs) and I'm just asking the right questions because sometimes people go, well, I haven't, haven't told anybody or I didn't want to say this before to somebody else. Then they'll reveal something and I'm like, whoa, that's the thing. Oh my gosh, (laughs) how can I help you with that thing? Let's do it. Woo-woo, you know? Yes. So I I, I don't pay much attention to Instagram like I should, but I just happened to be on because another another trainer here that I'm friends with in in Rhode Island, I just got a notification that she went live. And I I had a client cancel on me. So I was like, you know what? Let's see what see what coach has to say. And so she was interviewing another woman. She's in her she's in her 30s. She survived a heart attack and a stroke. Oh whoa. Right. So as I'm as I'm listening to to her story, I was like, she's she's leaving out details. You know, she's leaving out details. And so I don't know this woman from from, from a hole in the wall, you know. And so but I inboxed her. And I said, "Hey, you know, I listened. I listened to your your live with with Coach Costa. I said, and you have an, an amazing story, but I want to help you tell it better." <laughs> you know, so thanks. She was a little, little confused at first, but uh, you know, so fa- fast forward. But just from planting that seed and just extracting more details around what happened to her, she's now in this region. Anyway, she's the face of the American Heart Association. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, it's like, and like I said, I, I didn't teach her anything new. Mm-hmm. I just said, I just said, hey, you know, I feel like you just left out a whole lot of details there. And I went to, I went to a speaker boot camp in 2017 down in Atlanta. And same thing. And this is where I made the shift from speaker to a storyteller. Where like, I got down there. Have you heard of Everett Thomas, the speaker? Oh, no, I have not. Oh, okay. Well, like I was part of his, his group and like, he's such a dynamic speaker and he was oh, actually, cool. he was actually there at, at the boot camp. So I was like, I got to bring my A game, right? Like Eric Thomas is in the house. I got to bring my A game. And so I went up there and I did my thing. And so the next day his CEO calls me, you know, he thanked me for coming down and he says, you know, I want to tell you, he's like, you are far and away the most polished speaker there. I was like, yes, killed it. Yay. Right. Right. But wait, there was silence next. 
Oh. You know, you know, silence is never good. <laughs> so, so, so he goes, but I'm like, oh, I knew it. He says, you're my most frustrating type of student. I was like, okay, all right, let me zip the lips and listen. And then he said, you know, your story was so polished. He said that there was no emotion in it. Mm. He said, you have all the tools to command $20,000 per speech. He's like, but not the way you tell it. He said, you know, you spoke about your wife being pregnant with twins when you lost your job. He's like, and you just glossed over that, <laughs> you know? And so he, and he just broke it down. You know, he's like, what were you feeling like this? What was the tone of her, her voice? What was it like when you first locked eyes with her? And like, I was like, okay. I was like, all right. So he wants to go deep, deep. And then, so I just went into my own personal stories and just started extracting more info from it. And then now, now when I speak, like I take people through all five, all five emotions, you know, I make them laugh. I make them go, <clears throat> right. You know, sometimes they, they, they cry. If I talk about my sister with the brain aneurysm burst, I donate, donated a kidney to my other sister. You know, I just lost my father two years ago. So, so like there's other stories that I weave in there to tug on the heartstrings. Then, you know, you tell some embarrassing stories, make people laugh. And, and it just, it keeps people really, really engaged in what you have to say. And it's like, and I never realized that that was such a superpower, but it really is. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and so because of COVID, then I'll give, give you the final word. So, but because of COVID last year, you know, when, when my gym got shut down, I was when I just went full, full force with, with the podcast. Cause I was just, I was very, very inconsistent with it. Hmm. And then, so the gym, gym got shut, shut down, started the podcast. And I was like, you know, I just want to. I just want to get people stories. Like, I just want to find out, like, how did you get to what to what you're doing? And so, and that's why I'm booking so far in advance, because I really don't turn anyone down, because everybody has a story. Everybody does, you know? So, like, unless your job is, like, hurting children or something, it's like, you know, I bring everybody on, you know? And so, last word for you. Well, gratitude. Thank you so much, Robert. I think we always have to be, like, real with the fact that, you know, not everything's going to go our way or not everything is going to be meant for us. But if we stay in the heart of gratitude, then that in itself is such a gift. So I want to leave people with that final word to say, like, think of maybe a couple of things or more that you're grateful for today and try to do that on a regular basis. And I feel like then you're going to feel really good about the next step that you take. Love it. Perfect. Perfect way, way to end. So again, thank you for taking the time. And um, when I'm doing the outro, don't log out because I just want a couple couple more, more minutes with you backstage before we, before we say goodbye. All thank right. you. Absolutely. All right. See you in a minute. All right. So that was Marilyn. So if you happen to tune in late, make, make sure you go back, watch the entire thing. And again, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like and share on Facebook. Give me give me a review on your favorite podcast platforms because we're everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And so just to double down on what she just shared about, about gratitude, I know you hear, hear it a lot. It seems like it's cliched and it's overhyped, and, but it's fact. It's fact. Just for the fact that you woke up today, because I always say there's someone that's about to take their last breath that would kill for your bad day. So just think about that. So I'm going to leave you with those words. I'm going to be back on Friday. And then we have our all-star panel on Saturday at 11 a.m. So you guys have yourselves a great day.
You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Until next time, shut up and grind.